raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. I am your host, Manny Fresh, here with my co-host. What's good? Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's my boy Justin. Justin from Boston. We, we won't hold that against him. Formerly of York, PA. What's good, man? Yeah, everybody. 717 shout out. You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, real quick before we start talking sports. What up? Um, just real quick, rest in peace to my man Prodigy. Uh, we lost yeah. him today, man. Yeah, That's yeah, that that was terrible, man. That was terrible, man. A legend gone today, gone too early. Prodigy uh, dead at the age of forty-two. Um, I know he had battled sickle cell like most yeah, of his man. life. That shit ain't I think. No joke, man. Yeah, it's not. It's not. He battled sickle cell most of his life, and. Um, you know, finally, I guess. I mean, it's premature. I think they haven't really announced yet. I know he was hospitalized. Um, yeah, that's what they were saying. So, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that it was something related to that. But, yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, we won't know until the official uh, coroner report and autopsy gets uh, released. But all signs point that something had to do with his uh, disease or whatever. So, um, shout out to his family, man, uh, friends, family, everybody in, in Queensbridge. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little affected by this. I mean, obviously I grew up listening to, I mean, we both did, but you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. So prodigy, you know, they mob deep. It was really Biggie Nas, Wu Tang and mob deep. That were really part of that resurgence, resurgence of New York rap. In the mid '90s, and I mean, yeah, man, Shook that's Ones, the era. Shook that's Ones the, is that's the gritty age of hip hop right there. When you think of '90s New York hip hop, you think of like Tim's and fucking Carhartt jackets and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like that's like for real, man. You know what I'm saying that's 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 what you think of. You know what I'm saying? Like you think that's like you know that's the first thing you think of is like Mob Deep and you know what I'm saying like Wu Tang. You know what I mean, and, and so on and so forth. So, and I a real icon like in in the rap game. Like it's it's sad, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely sad. So, uh, big ups to his family, his friends, everybody in Queensbridge, man. I mean, we lost a we lost a legend, man, for real. So, hip hop is 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 lesser today because it doesn't have Prodigy in it. So, um, you know, shout out to Havoc. 
one half of uh, Mob Deep. You know what I mean? So yeah, everybody in Queensbridge, the whole hip hop community. Um, this show obviously has its, its roots and origins in hip hop. So um, had to had to shout out my man Prodigy real quick. So uh, rest in peace, Prodigy. Hey, you know what's wild is that that's the craziest news of the day in a day filled with crazy ass news. Yeah. Yeah, this is obviously the, the most somber of newses, obviously. Yeah. So hate yeah. to hate to hate to get everybody on a down note before, you know, we start or whatever, but yeah, man, I mean it was shocking. Let's laugh was, at the NBA. Yeah, let, let's laugh at the lunacy of the NBA, man. Uh yeah. So so actually, yo, I just got an alert on my phone and hey, you about to say the same thing I'm about to. Yeah, the Hawks trading Dwight Howard and the number 31st overall pick to the Hornets for Miles Plumlee and Marco Bellinelli and number 41. Okay. Just do that. Yeah. They're just making trades to make trades at this stage, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it feels that way. It feels like. It feels like. What happened? The Hawks not going nowhere, man. Like, it don't matter what they do. That team's not going to, like. I don't know. They're just destined to be a middle of the pack team. Well, honestly, like to me, I think they're I. That team missed their boat. Like they should have acquired a star a long time ago, and I think the year that they won sixty games, where they shocked basically the entire world, and they won sixty games. Mm-hmm. Like that's the year that should they should have went all in. Like they should have acquired a big time piece. I don't even know who was out there at the time, but they should have acquired a big time piece back then. And they just didn't do it. And they're, they're like you said, they're a middling NBA team. You know, they're they're the they're the perfect combination of what you don't want to be in the NBA. You're a decent yep. team. You're a 44 to 47 win team, but you're not really great. You're not bad. You're not great. You're just in the middle. And yeah, you'll win around, but realistically, where are you going? You're not really you, like you've reached your ce- like they're one of those teams that have reached their ceiling level. Like they're not going to get any better unless they make a you know unless they acquire you know a Paul George or somebody like that. We know that's not happening. So they're just going to be at a certain level at sea level. They're not getting any worse. They're not getting any better. Oh, well, you can argue they're getting any worse, but they're just going to be at that level, and there's just no real upwards mobility with them. So I really don't know what the, thing is, the plan for them is. The thing is, in this in this league, man, and this is this is my gripe with professional sports here in the United States. Like for those of y'all, like obviously you know I haven't really been around for the podcast listeners that much. Like I'm a huge uh, soccer fan. I watch a lot of European soccer. Um, I think like it, you know here in America we reward tanking. You know what I'm saying? So, like, in the NBA, like, what you're saying, like, if you're a middle-of-the-road team, if you're a four or five seed, yeah, you might get, you know, you might get to the second round and get bounced out. You know what I'm saying? But, like, really, what does that that get you? You don't get anything in this league in today's NBA unless you are are shitty. And even then, you could be, like, uh, damn, what year was it? Was it 97 when Tim Duncan came out? Yeah. And the Celtics had, like, the most probability... To get the number one overall pick, and they ended up like picking fourth, yeah, you know, or some shit like that. So they missed out on the Tim Duncan sweepstakes. So like even in the NBA, it's it's not as rewarding as in say the NFL, where if you are the dead last team, then you get uh, rewarded with the number one overall pick. Now people will argue and say, well, you know, that's the only way these bad teams are going to get better. But it also incentivizes these owners to not spend money on their teams. Whereas in Europe. Uh, these clubs, like take you know, like in England, for example, your club, if you are not in the top 
uh, like usually there's there's 20 some odd teams or whatever. We'll say for example purposes, say there is a 10 team league, right? Right. You need to finish in the top eight in yeah. order to not get relegated. Yeah. So if you think of say there's an NBA and say the D League is the second tier and then there's a third tier, right? Yeah. So the la- the weakest two teams in the NBA which would be what the Nets and the Kings, something like that. Nets and yeah, Lakers. I mean, I pick pick and choose. I mean, honestly, you could pick the Nets, the Lakers, right. so the, they the Kings. Yeah. Record wise, record yeah. wise, they would be the the two worst teams because Boston has the Nets number one overall pick because they fucking suck. Uh, and shout out to Billy they King. Fleeced, Danny Ainge fleeced <laughs> fucking um, what's my man's name? Uh, Billy uh, King. And then Billy King. And then uh, the the Kings are the fucking Kings. Um, they're yeah. the desert of the NBA. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so say that they're the two worst teams. They get relegated to the D League, where the top two teams in the D League they get promoted to the NBA. So they get all that extra TV money. So that extra TV money, that's more money that they can invest into their squad and make it better, so on and so forth. And then that way, every single game counts. Now, it'll never happen in America, but, you know, it, it's something that I would personally like to see um, so that we don't have this this um, environment of rewarding owners who don't give a fuck. Because we see it in the NFL a lot where they just don't want to spend money and it's, you know, you end up like the Jaguars. Well, I, I think it's the biggest, I, 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 I will say this, I think the NBA is where it's most rewarding. Because in the NBA, if you get that transcendent player, if World you're lucky, if you're lucky and you get that transcendent player, you know, you, yep. you 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 automatically put yourself in a position to win. You know, in the NFL it's much yeah. harder. I mean, unless you're just unless you just pick Tom Brady number one overall. Like it's harder still, it's like, hard it's yeah, it's harder in football. Right. And I would say in baseball is a crapshoot because for every Houston, for every Cubs that tore it down and build it back up, you have your you know, you have your middling teams that just never seem to get it right. You know, Pittsburgh went twenty something yeah. years without, you know, making the playoffs. You know, you have those franchises yeah. that yeah. just are seemingly in a perpetual cycle of just rebuilding, 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 rebuilding. So I would I would even say baseball yeah. is less of a certainty, although you're seeing more and more teams take that tanking um mold like Atlanta's doing now, the Braves, I would say. Um, yeah, tearing it down, right, yeah. Taking, yeah. I know you're a Braves Taking, you know, tearing it down and acquiring as many high top, top highly touted prospects as you can. And and I would say that I think it's a. Here's my thing. I kind of go back and forth with it because in one aspect I understand, like the worst thing you can have is have no direction. Like the worst, the worst. Right. The, like when you're a franchise that has no direction, like you're just a middling franchise. Like you're not bad, but you're not good. So you're just in the middle. You're not even going. Like you, you, you want to either be really, really bad or really good. And it's sad that we say that, but that's kind of how the sports yeah. landscape is really designed to be. You either want to be really bad or really good. Now, obviously, in yep, some exactly. leagues, in baseball, you can be in that middle where you can be in Arizona where one year things just break your way. You can be, you know, you know, a team that's in. I mean, would, would it surprise anybody that Arizona, who's you know currently third in the wild card right now, made a run to the World Series? I mean, it would surprise people, but would it shock you? No, it wouldn't shock you, because that's the, that's just the way baseball works. Teams get hot, teams come out of nowhere. Yes. That's the structure of the sport. Your three in basketball three star pitchers can pitch lights out in a series, and the series is over. 
in basketball, like again, I'll, I'll bring the example: the Colorado Rockies in 2007. Who would have ever, in their rightful mind, thought that the Colorado Rockies would have would have reached the World Series at the beginning of that year? Nobody. No, there's not one. I, you can you can name the biggest Rockies fan, yo. They would have never predicted you to say, yo, yeah, the Rockies is going to make the World Series. They would be like, nigga, get out of here. But they did. Right. Yeah. But they did, and that's yep. that's that's the type of sport that baseball is. It's a it's an it's an aura of unpredictability. I think the NFL, to a certain extent, has that. Um, although I think there's a lot of false parity in the NFL. I think at the end of the day, you know the the three or four teams that have a chance of winning a Super Bowl, and it's usually the teams with the quarterbacks. But in the NBA, I mean, but, the but in the NBA, is still better than what we. Yeah, what we see in the NBA. I mean, in the NBA. I mean, next year would it surprise anybody that it's Cleveland Golden State again? I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, obviously you're going to bet on that. I mean, it, there, there's. No- well, I mean, shit. I mean, the the Cavs just fired their GM. And listen, you know what I mean. Listen. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like I'm not. No, they happen, could have. First of all, I first be of all, surprised if there was some sort of fire sale. Nah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna make one more run at it before 2018 when LeBron's a free agent. I mean, all, all you, all the rumors you're hearing about if LeBron leaves, Kyrie's gonna request a trade. So I think they're gonna take one more run at it. For, well, first of all, I'll say this: the, the idea that that there's some shock that Griffin left Cleveland, I, it's so shocked to me because I've been said that LeBron's the GM of that fucking team anyway. They could, they could, yeah, well, he's he's the GM in name only. He's the GM in name only. But LeBron is the real GM on that fucking in that fucking franchise. So yeah, that David Griffin uh, to me is a casualty of war. He's no different than David Blatt. He's no different than Tyrone Lue will be if he's on the hot seat next year, if they get off to a slow start. To me, I, I, I think they're all just pawns in the game of LeBron. So he's I'm, a not, I'm, not, I'm not shocked that David Griffin probably decided to leave because of it. Um, so, but, I, but I will say this. I think Cleveland will take another shot at it. Because, I mean, who, who else in the East? Who else in the East is going to, I mean, going to rise up and we'll talk about the Celtics in the in the Sixers trade right now in a second. But who else in the in the East is going to really rise up? Indiana's going to get worse conceivably if they trade Paul George. Um Toronto yeah. Toronto is, you know, see Atlanta Hawks. Toronto is another team that's just yeah. kind of they can't get out of their own way. They they got Yeah, they got hot in the regular season, but like like the old adage says, like the playoffs are a whole other story. Yeah. And they did have some injuries, but I just don't think that team currently constructed is going to do anything. I'm not a huge DeMar DeRozan fan. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. They don't have what it takes to close the game. I, I, yeah. think that's, I think that's really the story of that franchise. You know the problem with the Raptors? The Raptors are a good team, but not a great team. The Raptors are a good team. Like I right. think, I think Demar Derozan is a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think Kyle Lowry is a nice player. I don't think he's a great player. Um, they're just a team comprised of good pieces, but they're not a great team. They're not a team that's gonna that's gonna push the Cavaliers in any way, shape, or form. So I, they are what they are. They're uh, at, you know at their best, at their peak, they're a three seed. At their worst, they're a f- you know six, seven seed. So they really are what they are. I mean, the Celtics are the only team that I can see. Really, kind of taking that next step. Really, kind of taking that maturation. So this draft, like, basically, like, um, a lot of a lot of Celtics fans are upset that they traded the number one pick. Well, let's talk about let's let's talk about that then. Let's talk about that. How you feel about how you feel about that that whole trade? Because you're a Celtics fan. You know what, man? God God bless you. you You're a Celtics fan. You're a Celtics fan. God bless you. Hey, you know, title town, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, whatever, man. Um, you know, one hey, one squad, but whatever, primarily. Well, not but two squads. Anyway. Go ahead. 
I mean, shit. I mean, it could be worse. I could be like a fucking Pacers fan or some stupid shit like you that. Could, you could be a Mets fan, but we're, we're not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I think we talk enough shit in person about each other's teams. So, um, but no, I think like, and you know me, like I will, for the most part, I'm like, I consider myself to be like a pretty like, like okay grounded fan like I'm not one of those like super fans who think like everything is either the best move in the world or everything is the worst move in the world mm-hmm. like I try to look at everything like objectively even though Danny Ainge pisses me off like I respect him for what he's done um, but he got a lot of help from Kevin McHale bringing KG over here so that you know what I'm saying like I try to keep that in mind also but yeah. like um Everybody's high on faults, you know, for the most part, which, you know, if you watch film, he can score from pretty much everywhere on the fi- on the floor. Uh, you know, he can run a team for the most part. Um, but I just think, um, you know, I think that their Danny Ainge is committed to Isaiah Thomas. And while I don't think that's the best of ideas, I would why don't you think that's the best of ideas? Well, Isaiah Thomas is going to be 29. He's five foot eight. And he's coming off an insane season. Right. Which I don't want to go so far and be like wild, like disrespectful and say it was a fluke. Yeah. Because IT gets buckets. Um, I think that, that the, the storm was, was, it was a perfect storm of what he was able to do. And I think that, you know, he might not be able to replicate the exact season because I think he scored like 28 something, uh, almost 29 points per game. Um, which I don't think that he'll be able to. Um, but now, like, the way that I see it is that if you pay money for Isaiah Thomas, he's a proven player. Um, you know, he's proven to get it done in the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously he had a, a, a wild injury to his hip, um, which, you know, really explains a lot when you see that, when you saw that drastic fall off. Yeah. Where he was lighting shit up, and then all of a sudden he wasn't doing shit. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, okay, so you don't draft folks. A lot of people are saying, all right, well, you can play folks and – uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, one and two of the backcourt together. This is the thing. Like, and I think you and I talked about it, and I think I've come down on my high from him a little bit once I thought about it, is that while the Celtics do need another player that can create his own shot, we also have a logjam of 6'3 yeah. and under wing players. Yeah. Especially point you have Bradley. You have Bradley. You have Smart. Then you'd be adding Fultz. And then you still are really only getting a... And you got Rozier. You got Rozier. two-way player. What's that? You got Rozier, too. Rozier. Actually, yeah. yeah, who... Actually, I, I like Terry Rozier. I hated the pick at first. I hated that, but I hated that pick, too. But yeah. So far, so good, though. He's gotten a lot better. He actually can... Uh, he runs the point very well. He can play off the ball a little bit if he has to. Um, and he gets buckets when he needs to get buckets. His shot's improved. Um, so he's a very solid player coming off the bench. Um... And this is the thing. You trade back from one to three. Okay, so you move back two spots. You pick up another first-round pick, so you can retool some of these picks if you want to bring in a star. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can move places around with this type of picks or currency in, in, in draft time, in draft and silly season. Yeah. This is like being in the joint and you're trading boxes of cigarettes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like basically, the yeah. more assets you have, if he, if he pulls the trigger, that's my thing. That's my only thing about Danny Ainge is I feel like he gets gun shy. But so far as the actual pick, you trade back and you have your pick of the litter. From most likely, it's either going to be Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum. Right. And like you and I were talking about Tatum the other day, 
And I really feel like at the two and the three position, or maybe even the four if you move in a small lineup, the Celtics don't have anybody else that's bigger than six foot three that can get their own shot. No. And you need that in today's NBA. All of these star teams have someone that's tall that can get their own shot. Kawhi Leonard gets his own buckets. KD obviously went the best in the league at getting his own shot off. Paul George, LeBron James, like these guys, they don't need someone. You don't need to run the pick and roll. And Brad Stevens runs an excellent offense, but you need somebody when the time is running down and Isaiah Thomas is getting double teamed or he gets trapped when he's bringing the floor up in the corner on the half court line. You need somebody else that can get buckets. And Josh Jackson is not that dude for me because he's a slasher. He's essentially a younger version of Jay Crowder. In my eyes. And it's not to say that Josh Jackson can't develop a good jump shot and be a Kawhi Leonard type of player where he's going to play elite defense and also turn into a respectable shooter. I just don't see it right now. And I don't think that's the type of player the Celtics need. I think they need someone that can really play that Paul Pierce type of role where you can give that guy the ball wherever out on the floor and he's going to make a play for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, 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 I'll say this. I love what the Celtics are doing. I think the Celtics are a very, very smart organization. I think Danny Ainge is a very, very smart GM. And I think Danny Ainge realized, like, look, I've got to have assets. I have to have pieces in place that when, like, Danny Ainge realized, like, I'm either going to have to trade for a superstar or sign one. And I think that he set himself up really in both regards, where they can sign a superstar and they can trade for one. And I love what he did with this trade. I, I love what he did here. I, I, I like to trade for both teams. I think it's a win-win for both teams because I like Markel The Sixers Fultz. get what they need. The Sixers got what they finally needed for, seems like, eons, a scoring guard, a guard that can actually hit a jump shot. Um, mm-hmm. And while the Celtics get more ammunition and more collateral, I have my issues with Fultz. The, the main issue I have with Fultz is... For a guy that's so talented, for a guy that's been looked at as the as the cream of the crop in this draft, he's a guy that went nine and twenty-two, I think, overall, and I think he only won one game in his conference. So, and now again, is that fair to put all on Markel Fultz? No, of course not. We know basketball for the most part is a team game. We know that one player, especially in college, doesn't necessarily sway the doesn't sway the lever one way or the other. That being said. For a guy that's supposed to be this talented, this all world, you couldn't you couldn't at least finish five hundred. And it's not like Markel Fultz. It's not like the. It's not like Washington was playing in the ACC. It's not like Washington was playing yeah. in the Big East back in the day. I mean, the Pac. Right. We've discussed it on this show. The Pac-12 is a very top-heavy league. It's got three great teams, and then the rest of it is a bunch of mismatch, hodgepodge of average teams. So. The teams he's playing against are not that great. Let's be honest. Let's be fair. Let's be honest. So that would be my only question mark with Markel Fultz. And I had the same question mark with Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons is so great, he's the first number one overall pick to never have reached the tournament ever. And now when you throw that, now when you throw Markel Fultz into it, he's the first number one pick to finish under 500 and be the top pick in the draft. So, I mean, that's my only concern. Realistically, with Fultz, but if if on the court, I think Fultz is great, and I think he has a chance to score at at a, at a high level. Um, he's more of a point guard than I think people give him credit for. Uh, although I think he's better, I think he's I think he's a classic combo guard, but I think he's going to be a very good 
um, point guard. I, a lot of people throw comps up. What he reminds me of, I, he reminds me of Darren Williams. He reminds me of the good Darren Williams, not the the horrible MIA um, fake hairline having Darren Williams that you see now. The 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 the, the, the original Darren Williams, the guy that we had conversations see? about comparing to Chris Paul and having arguments about whether Chris Paul is is that guy or, or this guy. So. Yeah, what a t- what a time that was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a time that was. It seems like ages ago. I think my comparison for him is he reminds me of, like, Stefan Marbury. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a guy that's going to get buckets. He's going to take you one-on-one. But he can also get his teammates involved. Like, he's not a combo guard. And, like, like, sometimes I feel like combo guard is, like, one of those words, like, tweener, where it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I know that's like a term, you know what I'm saying? But like, in my eyes, it's kind of like, okay, like, you're not really good at one thing or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, which may very well be the case, but I feel like sometimes it's, it's like, used derogatory. But I think Fultz has the ability to run a team. I, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that he can also score. I think, um, like, yeah, you're right. Like, with the Darren Williams thing, like, he could get buckets when he needed to, but... You know, also, he was looking to pass. Um, and I think also the the key about him landing in Philly, potentially, but I think most of us feel like that's what's going to happen. I think that's, you know, if it did it, I'd be very surprised. Um, I, I think Danny Age is, is smart when, in what he's doing. I think he's acquiring as many picks as he can to entice a team in the field. Like, look at a team like New Orleans. If New Orleans, and there was rumors out there that uh, Anthony Davis could be on the block, that DeMarcus Cousins could be on the block, um, all that. What I'm saying is, and what I believe is, Danny Ainge is basically acquiring as much ammunition as he can, so when one of these teams decides to pull the trigger, like, to me, Anthony Davis would be perfect. Like, that would be a fucking home run for the Celtics. If they were able to acquire, if it's if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm on the phone right now, calling the Pelicans like, "Yo, I got the Nets' number one pick next year. What do you want? I got like three other future first round picks in the future. What's good? And I'll even give you a rotation piece. What's good? What do you want? What, 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 let's let's talk, Anthony Davis. Right yeah, now, the Celtics have ammunition to pull a trade like that off. Because I, if I'm New Orleans, I'm like, am I really getting anywhere with this combination? I mean, maybe we'll be an A for seven seed next year. I doubt it. And I doubt it with Alvin Gentry being the coach. I doubt that that team's going to get any better. Any better. Um, so I, I'm, if I'm New Orleans, I'm really looking. I'm really looking. Anthony Davis. Is he's always hurt? Is that is he's always hurt? Yeah. He's always hurt. Yeah. So can you yeah. imagine like trading that? Like that's a very weighted risk. Like trading that amount of picks, but like even still, we have a ton of picks. Like we'll have like we could potentially wind up with two lottery picks in the next two years. I think it is some crazy shit like that. So you package a lottery pick with your other first round pick. Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna answer the phone and be like, you know what? Alright, cool. You know what I mean? Like just just like Phillies. Philly was like, okay, well we'll trade back with you and you get this. And then you'll get that. And mm-hmm. they land their guy and Fultz is gonna have opportunity to um not necessarily have all the pressure of running a team because Ben Simmons is really a point guard. Um, but you know, we'll see if his foot's healthy. Um, that whole team, they need to do whatever it is that the Suns were doing back in the day. 
that had everybody running up up and down the goddamn court. Yeah. Nobody was really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. They need to figure out whatever it is because, dog, I read at some point last year that they were basically putting, um, uh, like, stem cells. They were flushing uh, Ben Simmons' foot fracture with blood because it wasn't healing the way that mm. they expected it to. Yeah, I heard that too, man. I heard that too. Um, you gotta have some wild fucking Star Trek shit to get your foot right. And, I mean, foot injuries suck. Like, um, two years ago, I fucked up my foot and my ankle playing rugby in a tournament. I had some dude that's like 270 pounds roll into my leg, and all mm-hmm. of his weight and my weight went over my foot. And I was fucked up for like three months. Couldn't walk right. So, I, I, feel, I feel the pain, you know what I'm saying? But, like... It, it's that's another weighed risk. Like the Sixers are doing all this to potentially right. build a team, right. and you have not one but two guys on your team who can't seem to stay healthy in Embiid and and Simmons. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's I a agree lot completely. of risk go, going around. I agree. No, the one thing I would say about the Sixers, I would say about the Sixers is they have Sarge, they have Embiid. Embiid, yeah. if he ever stays healthy and ever be you know stays on the floor. I think the Sixers are still in a pretty decent spot. Now, obviously, they have been some... Oh, yeah. To me, right now, the Sixers are the team that I'm looking at three or four years down the line as they're going to run the East. Like, <laughs> if Fultz pans out, if Simmons' foot is all right, and if, and if you know, Embiid doesn't sneeze and get hurt, gets hurt, <laughs> you know, the Celtics... I mean, the Celtics. I think, the, I think you're going to be talking about the Celtics and the Sixers for the next three or four years. I really believe it's gonna that. It's going to be like back in the 80s. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Um, let's hope because um, the East really needs something because outside of Cleveland, there's just nothing else. I mean, there's dead carcasses. There's dead carcasses, really. I mean, there's nothing. There's literally, like, shit in the East. So let's hope. Let's hope. And and plus, Philly Philly's going to be an interesting case, point, case study because – Everybody's going to be looking at what Philly did and be like, yo, we can sit here and criticize and we can dog Philly out and Sam Hinkie's little vision or whatever. And we dogged it for years. Like, yo, Philly is never trying to win. But in retrospect, they can end up being big winners because if they end up with Fultz, Simmons, Sarge, and Embiid, they made out like they made out like like bandits, man. Now I know that's not great for the competitive balance in the league because the because Philly was so horrible for basically almost a decade. But yeah, you trade the short term for long term. Exactly, and that's the you one in the NBA. Really, it's about. It's funny that you. In the NBA, in the NBA, it's about a long game. A wasted pick of Okafor too. Yeah, when you think about it, yeah, and and I, and I don't even think Okafor is a bust. I was talking about this with somebody else. Like I, I'm partial to Okafor, obviously, because I'm a Dukey, obviously. So I'm always gonna be partial to my boys. You know what I mean? Shout out to the Duke fam. But like, here's my thing. I don't think Okafor is a bust. I think Okafor doesn't fit in the modern day NBA. Like if Okafor would have came out back in 1998, Okafor would be easily a top pick and would be playing up to his level right now. But I think he's he, he's a a forgotten piece in a forgotten NBA, in a in a new new and improved NBA. And it's a different NBA. It's a it's a guard oriented NBA. It's a pick and roll oriented NBA. The center has been completely phased out. I mean, the fact I think I was listening to uh, Ira Winderman today, a podcast, uh, you know, one of uh, I think it was Francesca's show, and he had Winderman on uh, yesterday, and he was talking about how this is this is going to be like one of the first drafts where you're not going to have a center 
a legit low post center drafted in the first like 20 picks ever. Like this is the first time really when you when you think about that. When you think about the NBA that you and I grew up in, you know, your mom and pop's NBA. You know what I'm saying? Where the league was basically inside out and now or outside in and now it's inside out. You know what I'm saying? Where you're playing where everything is played on the perimeter. Like it's it's amazing to me. So I think Okafor is just a piece that doesn't fit in today's NBA. That's his problem. I also think that I also think that he has a little bit of an attitude problem. He doesn't seem like he really cares. No, I, I think uh, it's like that because I mean, I think he was. I didn't think he wanted to go to Philly because he knew a Embiid is there. So I'm like, why am I in Philly? Embiid is there. Sure. Like, what are you guys doing? And this was again. This was during the Sam Hinkie age where they weren't trying to win. They weren't trying to compete. They weren't even trying to field a a a any semblance of a real basketball team. They were just amassing picks and amassing players and just throwing the team out there. And Yo, didn't he tear his ACL? Okafor? Yeah, did he get hurt? Mm, well, he's been hurt, but he hasn't had like a major injury like that. I thought he like missed time and then like, he didn't miss time. He had some. He had some knee issues. He had some knee issues, and you know, obviously, he got in a fight his rookie year. Um, yeah, he got suspended. I think he got suspended for that. Yeah, he got suspended for that. I think for a couple games, and then he got. I also think that he got hurt. He... He just does, he has to be in the right type of situation, and you have to be able to hide him on defense. Because I swear, yeah, he's not a great defensive player. Looks like he's fucking running underwater all the time. Yeah, but I mean, in the low post, like, he, like he reminds me, he reminds me of Al Jefferson. Like in the low post, his his moves are amazing. Like he's got great footwork in the low post. He just he's just not a perimeter player right now. Now maybe he can yeah. change his game and evolve and, and incorporate more of a perimeter game to his to his to his arsenal and become a stretch five, but I I don't see it right especially right now. I don't nah, see it. I don't. Now maybe in the future, maybe, I don't know, but right now I don't see it. So but not to get too off track, um the Lakers made a trade today. My fucking squad made a trade today that I I kinda I understand but I don't really that. I don't really understand the trade. Here's what I don't understand about the trade. I think they they traded a piece. Say what you want to say about D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is a, is a young player who averaged 15 points a game last year. Um, to me, I think you could have gotten more back for D'Angelo Russell than Brooke Lopez. Because to me, A, I don't like Brooke Lopez because I, while Brooke Lopez is clearly better than Timothy, Timothy Moskov, like that's not even a debate. That's not even an argument. Like I, I can name I can name 15 high school centers that are better than Tim, Tim, Tim Moskov. I get that. So Brooke Lopez is an upgrade. But to me, how much of an upgrade is he? Like, he's a good player, overpaid, like a lot of NBA players in the NBA are. Um, But to me, I like Zubat. I think we have a young center already in place that can be as good, if not better, than Mozgov and Lopez. So I I don't understand the Lopez deal unless he's part of something else. And I can't can't imagine Indiana, and and we'll get to Paul George in a second, but I can't imagine that Indiana be enticed by a package starting with Brooke Lopez. I I can't imagine that's going to be what what they're enticed enticed for. Unless unless they start trying to put something together with, like, Clarkson um, or Randall. And And that's the thing, though. But but that's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. and, and we'll, I guess we could just talk about Paul George. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported last this Sunday, actually. I mean, Honestly. it has something to do. I mean, it's, it's been known. It's, it's like, been known. Paul George basically said through his agent that he's not signing with Indiana. He decides he's gonna be he's gonna become a free agent, and he wants to play for the Lakers. Like 
right there. And, and if you listen, and if you listen to the rumors, his agents have already told other teams like, "Yo, you can go ahead and trade for me. We'll go, we'll play, but we're not signing. We're not committing long term to you guys because we know we want to play in LA." So if you're right there. You have no leverage if you're Indiana. Like right there, automatically you have no leverage because Nothing. what team? What team is going to give you premium assets for a guy who has a shirt? He's basically told you, "I'm not resigning." Even the Celtics. Like if you're the Celtics, if you're Danny Age, I'm not giving you the number three overall pick when I know this guy's out the door Fuck in a year. Here. Like I'm not doing it. As much as I love Paul George, as much as I, as much as we can go f- go for it this year with Paul George, like there's no guarantee he resigns. So even if he ends up loving it, there's still a 50-50 chance that he he leaves. So I think this puts the Lakers at an amazing position where if I'm the Lakers, I can basically call Indiana like, yo, we'll give y'all a bag of balls like for, for, for Indiana. Because to me, Indiana's in a tough situation. I don't think he can come back, start a training camp with Indiana. Like I, I, because A, it's almost like it's a lame duck season. It's like I don't want to be here. You guys know I don't want to be here. You guys are making me come. You're making me stay here against my will. Like I don't want to be here. I'm telling y'all, I'm not gonna be here. So, like, I've let it be known, I'm not resigning here. So, wh- how, how do you handle that in that locker room? How do you handle that and say like, yo, um, I know you don't want to be here, but hey, put on your best. You know, put your best foot forward and and you know go Pacers. Yeah. Like no, that shit is not gonna fly. Do, That's not gonna be cool. Do it for the do it for the do it for the name on the front here. Do it for the Hoosier land. No, no, nobody here, man. Yeah, nobody's gonna do that shit, man. Nobody's doing that. So. I think they're almost in a situation where they have to trade him, but now they have no leverage because yeah. he wants to go to the Lakers, and he knows what he's doing. My only thing, and my only thing about that is like, yeah, all of that makes sense from what he wants to be in LA, this and that, and the third. But like, I get that it's LA, and I fucking love LA, and it's the Lakers you're playing for, you know, top three prestigious team in the league. Um, but like. Dog, they're not ready right now. Well, what was Paul George? 28, he's 27. I think it'll be 27 when the NBA season starts. Something like that. Okay, so you're 27. That team, as currently constructed, is not ready to win. Not for two years, maybe? Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing, the other thing, and, it, and it's not like, you know, I, and like, obviously I'm a Celtics fan and we have this rivalry with the Lakers and I still try to like, like I said earlier, I try to look at things objectively for that team um, and just like all teams because I'm a fan of basketball first and then, uh, you know, team loyalties, you know, come in there or whatever. Um, but then uh, on, on the back side of that where you're 27 coming to a team with Brandon Ingram, you know, with the Jordan Clarkson if he stays, um, you know, with a young coach um, and and really trying to instill this new type of culture into an, uh, an old, prestigious Not to cut franchise. you off. Not to cut you off. But, like, if you're... Huh? No, go ahead. Finish your point, man. Oh, no. I was just going to say that that's a tough to sell. But then, like, if you're Brandon Ingram, like, does the arrival of Paul George like do you think that stunts his growth also? No, because I think I think their vision for Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram is six ten. Uh, Brandon Ingram is is six ten. Oh, I, actually, hold on, I'm distracted right now because the Lakers. Okay, never mind. Because I thought I, I saw something that the Lakers traded the number two pick for the, to the Kings to the number five and number ten. 
to bolster their package for oh, PG-13, but it got rejected, so... Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's, it, yo, it's a crazy time, yo. It's like, yo, I'm, I'm constantly checking my fucking uh, notifications and my Twitter and shit. I'm seeing what the fuck is going on, who's going where, what's going on here. Like, yo, it's crazy. But, but, but here's my problem with the D'Angelo Russell trade. You, it, it basically, I, I get what the trade was, and I ranted about it on Twitter, but I get what the trade was. Like, it was basically a salary dump. The Lakers dumped <laughs> Mozgov's fucking salary because never for the life of me, and God, God, somewhere in the world, Jim Buss is laying in a pile of shit, and I, and I <laughs> hope that he's enjoying or hating every minute of it. Like, I hate fucking Jim Buss. He ruined our franchise for the last six years. He's ruined our fucking franchise. But anyway, um... Why would anybody in the world give Timothy Mozgov's four years, sixty-two million? I would never understand. Never in my life will I that ever understand. That is a that. human, but the human poster. Yo, every time somebody has a highlight reel dunk, it's on Timothy Mozgov. Yeah. So why would you give that guy? And on top of that, he can never stay healthy. So why would you ever give that guy four years, sixty-two million dollars? Like, what even possessed you to give him four years, sixty-two million dollars? But whatever. We're not talking about that. Also, it was Lua basically thing, the Luol thing. Yeah. Too. So basically, what the Lakers are doing is salary dumping because they're trying to. Clear as much cap space next for this summer and next summer to sign two or three. Believe the LeBron rumors. I don't believe them. Why would LeBron go to the Lakers? Why would, why would, like, why would I, I can see LeBron go to the Clippers before he goes to the Lakers. I, LeBron doesn't want to go to the Lakers and be under Kobe's shadow. Like you know, he's he's already dealing with the MJ shadow. Now he's gonna now he's gonna chase the Kobe ghost because everything he does in LA, if he goes to the Lakers, he's gonna be compared to Kobe. Well, Kobe didn't do that. Well, Kobe didn't do that. Well, Kobe didn't do this. Well, Jerry West didn't do that. That's a lose lose for him. So I, I don't I don't buy the Lakers. Rumors. But here's the thing. They're trying to clear as much cap space as they can for Paul George, for maybe Russell Westbrook in two summers from now. I think it's two summers from now. Or next or next summer. I, I um, lose track of it. Something like I think that. I think it's next summer. I think I think Russell Russell Westbrook can opt out next summer. So whatever. They're trying to clear as much cap space as they can for future free agents, right? But what I don't like about it is, why did you have to include D'Angelo Russell? Say what you want to say about D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo, I would think D'Angelo Russell has some value that you can get something of value for him. Like, if I'm Indiana, to me, I think the best that I'm going to get is D'Angelo Russell and maybe a future first-round pick. And if I'm Kevin Pritchard, and if I'm Kevin Pritchard, and if I'm Kevin Pritchard, like, I don't love that. I don't love that piece. Like, of course, if I'm trading, if I'm if I'm trading Paul George, like I want to get something better. I get that. But like, if I get D'Angelo Russell, still a young player, he has his flaws in his game, whatever. But he's still a young player who I can sell to my to my constituency. I can sell to my season ticket holders. I can sell to my fan base that hey, we may have gotten rid of Paul George, but hey, we got D'Angelo Russell, who's still a young player, still emerging. We got a future first round pick coming. You know, we got Miles Turner only going to get better. You know, if we tank for a year or two, we get some picks. You know, we'll be in a situation where we can come back next year in two, two, three years, right? You could sell that. So I would have thought that D'Angelo Russell would have been. I, I, my point is, I, I would have minded trading D'Angelo Russell in a Paul George trade. What I don't, what I didn't want is trading D'Angelo Russell for basically Brook Lopez in a salary dump. I, I didn't get that one, but maybe that's what the Nets were, were sticking on, getting D'Angelo Russell. I, I don't know, but. I didn't like the move from that perspective. But we'll see. I mean, again, I, my initial thoughts on that trade, I hated it. I hated it because I'm like, I don't, I, I mean, I get it. 
it's a salary dump. Brooke Lopez is a free agent after next year. So conceivably they have basically one year of his salary, I think. I think it's like one year and an option or whatever. I haven't I haven't looked at the but it's basically a salary dump. I, I yeah, just I, mean, I don't it, get I don't, it is. It is a salary dump and I just I I, I understand like the premise of the deal and why you would deal the deal. But like on the flip side of that, like why would you get rid of a young player like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, and and maybe they don't. Well, because like, because you're banking on that Lonzo Ball is going to be better than D'Angelo Russell. And to exactly. me, right now, I yeah, think Lonzo Ball is a better player. And to me, I think Lonzo Ball is a better player than D'Angelo Russell right now. Now, I could be wrong. I think he's but a better I, fit for what you need. For I what think. you need right On now. On paper, Lonzo Ball yeah. is a playmaker, and he can shoot, you yeah. know, at a decent clip, and he's very. And as a Laker fan, and as a Laker fan, and as a Laker fan, D'Angelo Russell. We wouldn't be in this position to draft Lonzo Ball if D'Angelo Russell had been what he was advertised to be. So that's kind of the situation there. Now, going back to the Paul George thing, if I'm the Lakers, I'm in a, I, I don't make that trade. I don't pull the trade off of Paul George. I let Indiana sit there. I let Indiana sit there and let them get desperate. You let I, that shit fester. Because to me, I think if you're Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, you got all the cards on your table. You know Paul George, at the very least, has a lot of interest. I don't think it's guaranteed because nothing is guaranteed, especially when you're dealing with free agents. But I think that yeah. you're, I think you're in a situation where I'm like, you know what? I feel really good. If I'm Magic, I'm sitting there like, yo, dog, look. Why would I get rid of my assets, right? I got Clarkson. I got Randall. I got Zubach. I had D'Angelo, whatever. I have this number two pick. You know what I'm saying? I have that could potentially turn into Lonzo Ball. Like, why would I? And I have Brandon Ingram. And I have um, um, my boy Larry Nance, like, Junior. Yeah, you got Larry Nance. I like Larry Nance. Nance. I like Larry Nance a lot. Like, why would I get rid of any of those potential pieces? Like, because this goes... You can't pull a Knicks with Carmelo. Yeah, exactly. I was just... Nigga, I was just about to bring that shit up. Like, I was just, just about to bring that shit up. Because that was the biggest sticking point with the Carmelo Anthony trade. And and I and I've always felt like the Carmelo Anthony trade has been overrated in hindsight because everybody killed the Knicks for making that trade. Now, I agree with... In, I, I agree in overall that the Knicks got antsy and just pulled the trigger on a trade when they should have just been patient and waited for the offseason because Carmelo was going to sign with the Knicks. They were afraid that the Nets were going to pull in and try to steal him, but I don't I don't think the Nets were ever, unless they just threw a boatload of money at him, I never, ever... It, Carmelo wanted to play for the Knicks. So if I'm... Yeah. Yeah. So I would have I would have just... Um, Donnie Walsh's biggest thing was, yo... Let's be patient. Let's play the long game. We have a lot of assets right now. Let's wait. He, he was telling Dolan, like, yo, let's wait to the offseason. And it's basically Nets versus Knicks. And I'm banking on our history versus Brooklyn. Right? So that's what that was what Donnie Nelson's thing was. And obviously we have the fucktard that is James Dolan overruled them and, you know, pulled the trade off. Now, I, in hindsight, I've always thought that trade is overrated because Gallinari, nice player, but what has he really been? You know, uh, Raymond Felton. Raymond, you know what, though, Ray- was good, but I think, I think like, you kind of have to almost separate, like, a failure of a player versus a failure of a player because of injuries. Because I know Gallinari tore his... No, he, he, I, look, Gallinari is a good player. I'm not saying that Gallinari is a good player, but, I mean, are the Knicks... Obviously, with the Knicks being a better situation if they had him, yeah, but I don't think they'd be in much different I mean, situation. Like, oh, no, he's a nice one. Let's, let's rewind. Let's rewind real quick because who was all on that squad? 
it was who was it Felton? They was, well, they traded Gallinari, Felton Gallinari. They traded Wilson Chandler, and they traded future Wilson first Chandler. round picks. Two, one of which that ended up turning to out to be Dario Sarge for Philly. So I. Obviously, the future first-round pick, I mean, no, the Knicks could have never predicted that that was going to become Dario Sarge to the Sixers. Right. No, you, you can't. There's nothing you can control about that. Obviously. And he might not have turned out to be exactly, the exactly. in New York. Exactly. So that's why but, I, but, here, but here's the thing. I, that's, why, that's why I always say that that trade, in hindsight, has always been a little bit overrated by the New York media. Like, the Knicks are in worse situation now because they made that trade. And I'm always kind of like, uh, not really. Because if you look at that trade now, it's like, Gallinari's a nice player, but it's, you know, did the, did the Nuggets get a superstar? No. Wilson Chandler, nice player. Would the Nuggets get a superstar? No. We know what Raymond Felton is. He's better at pulling a gun out on his wife than actually playing on the court. So we know what these guys are. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think the Knicks, now, at that current time, I think people just killed the strategy that the Knicks have, the lack of patience that the Knicks had, where you could have got Carmelo basically for free without giving up any of your assets and get Carmelo, keep Amari, then you have a situation where you have this team now and you can kind of trade those assets to get other pieces that fit in along with Carmelo and Amari at the time or whatever. So I think that was what people said. But but the Lakers are in that same situation now. I mean, it's not so much the nuts and bolts as to what happened. It's the idea behind it. It's like, okay, you have these players. You don't have to blow your savings to get the car that you want. If you wait just a little bit longer, and then if you need to spend additional money, you can spend that down the road. So who's not to say that they could have packaged Gallinari and, say, Raymond Fowl and they got a a Chris Paul type of player or something like that, you know, when all these teams – because that was at the height of the, quote-unquote, super team um, mad rush – where, you know, LeBron and the Wade height. I would say is the. You know, I would say it was at the 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 beginning of the super team mad rush. Yeah, because everyone was clamoring. It was an arms race at that point. It was yeah. like, yo, what do we got to do in order to get to this level? So it was like, like I said, it was like an arms race because remember all those rumors about, oh, where's Chris? What's Chris Paul gonna do? What's what's gonna happen with uh, Carmelo? What's what's gonna happen with? Dwight Howard, you know what I mean? Like all these, those names at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I would say, though, I think now is the peak of the super team as opposed to back in like 2010, 2011, where you really kind of saw the beginnings of the whole super super team thing. But I I, will argue in semantics. The Lakers are in that situation right now. So, again, if I'm Ma Palenka and if I'm Magic, I'm like, yo, I got the cards all all on my deck. Like, Indiana's going to be desperate. They're going to have to trade him at some point. The worst thing Indiana can do is go into the season with Paul George because now it becomes a tough situation because now the fans know you want to go. He's going to get booed in home yep. games. Like, yep. uh, unless they get off to like a 20 and 5 start, and we don't see that happening, he's going to get booed. It's going to be a uh, uh, it's going to be a lame duck season anyway. Like, what are you really playing for? You know, this guy doesn't want to be here. He's got one foot out the door. So, Indiana, the worst thing Indiana could do is go into this season with Paul George on the team. So Indiana is going to have to trade him, but no team, like we talked about earlier, no team is going to give you a top return for Paul George when there's no guarantee that he's either going to even entertain signing there. Now, obviously, we know a lot can change from now to next July. We know a lot can change. Yep. A lot can change. So we're we're only speaking in the present term, obviously. But if you're in the present term right now, if you if it, like let's say you're a GM, you're Danny Ainge, why would you give up any of your assets for Paul George, knowing that Paul George at at best, is a 50-50 ch- is a 50-50 chance to resign. At best. 
I wouldn't do it at all because for the simple fact that Paul George doesn't put me over the top right now. Um. Yeah. I mean, you can make that case. I don't. I don't think that he does. The current landscape of me personally with the Celtics. If I'm Danny Ainge, obviously I'm a. I disagree with that. I think Paul George would. I think he would put y'all pretty damn close. I don't know if he puts y'all over the top, but I think you. I think you guys compete with Cleveland. I'll say that. Yeah. Like I don't think. I don't think. I'll say this. I don't think Paul George by himself. I think Paul George and another move. You give you give the Celtics Paul George and who's another? Let's say a middle of the pack. Six foot ten to six eleven guy that can grab a couple boards. And Blake Griffin shots. Blake Griffin? Nah, not even Blake Griffin. Dude, I'm telling you. No, listen, 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 listen to this. If they trade for Paul George, right? Because they have the cap space to trade for Paul George, and I think sign Blake Griffin. I think if I'm not, I don't know all. The, I'm not a capologist, but I I think they could possibly yeah. do it, right? If they trade for Paul George, right, for one year. If the Celtics say, you know what, let's fuck it, let's just go for it. You know what? Let's just go for it. We'll do. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's trade for Paul George, right? And let's sign Blake Griffin. Now you got a front line of Paul George, Blake Griffin, and Al Horford to go along with Isaiah if Thomas, Avery Bradley, Avery Bradley. You mean to tell me that team doesn't at least, at the very, at the very least, give Cleveland a competitive seven-game series? You damn right they do. You know who I really, you know, who I really wanted for the Celtics, and I'm upset that the trade, like not even so much that the boogie trade didn't go down, mm. but we didn't at least get Nerlens Noel. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not high on Nerlens Noel as other people are. Like, I like him, but I, I think he, I think a lot of people slob his knob way too much. Like, he's good, but I, you know, I'm not ready to sit there and say like, oh my god, I have to go get Nerlens Noel. Like, I think he's a good player, but I'm just not, a, I'm not as high price, on him as for the price tag that he was got for, and he's young enough, and plus he, he's local. He's from Everett, Mass, yeah, which is right outside of Boston. Um, I think that that would have been a good move. He can run the floor, he can block shots, he can rebound. He's not going to cost you a whole lot of money, and if his knees stay healthy, he's young, can grow with the rest of the core that you have. That's the reason that I wanted him. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, the Blake Griffin thing is like, ah, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of whisperings, and Blake Griffin, when he's on. He, I, I just don't think. I think Blake Griffin has regressed as a rebounder. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Blake, man. Here's, here's the thing with Blake, man. I, I, I still, I, lo- I love Blake. I, I think he gets unfairly criticized. I think when he plays, obviously, he's a great player. Well, he's a very good player. I don't want to say great, but he's a very, very good player. I think that I think Blake gets blamed for a lot of the issues that cl- the Clippers have. And I don't think enough and blame goes. Uh, and, and, and poorly built team, and I think Chris Paul should get a lot more of the blame than Blake Griffin does. But that's just me. Dog, this nigga is Teflon. No, yes, that's a dude. You you listened to that, my past episodes. I sat here and ripped Chris Paul a new asshole many a times. Like, yo, how does this dude escape criticism? Again, I'll say this again. I'll go in my. I'll give y'all the abbreviated version of my rant. Again, Chris Paul for all the money, for all the commercials, for all the things that Chris Paul fancies himself out to be. This is a guy that, again, I repeat, has never, never played in a conference final. Never. And this guy ex- escapes criticism. For this shit. What's that? Remember they used to fry T Mac for never getting. Yeah, dude. 
T-Mac got fried. Vince Carter got fried. I mean, name a guy. They got fried. And, and Chris Paul just completely just, he's Teflon. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. But but here's the thing. I, I, I like Blake Griffin. I think, I think Blake Griffin is a guy that I think if he goes to a new team, a new start, I think Boston would be perfect for him. I think if he goes to that team, I think if he goes to that team, I think he gives them an element that they don't have. I think along with Paul George or a Jimmy Butler, whatever, I think that that is a pay. I think that I, I would do that. I think if you're telling me right now, if I got a chance next season to go to war with Jimmy Butler or Paul George and Blake Griffin, I'll sign up for that. And Al Horford, I'll sign up for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Blake's good in a pick and roll. Can hit a mid range jumper, um, and I think that would work. You know, he doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be, you know, even the number two guy. Um, he can if he has to. Um, but I think it would also take a lot of pressure. He's not playing in L.A. And all you got to do is throw down a couple of dunks, and these fucking some of these these Boston fans will will be a fan favorite here. Blake's a charismatic dude. Um, he obviously loves playing basketball, um, and I think if he can stay healthy and kind of regain, maybe I think a change of scenery. Like listening to you talking about it, mm-hmm. I think a change of scenery would do it good. I think I'm a big fan of. Players who just kind of start off at a certain height and then they don't quite match it, and they're on a team that's not really going anywhere. Because what incentive does Blake Griffin have? Blake Griffin was better off with Baron Davis as his point guard. Well, I wouldn't say that. I, I get a little extreme. No, nah, because this, this, no, this is, and this is why, as the team that was built, because we said before this team was not very well built. Now. Chris Paul is 100% Teflon. Chris Paul is also a very good point guard. But the problem is, is that Chris Paul is very ball dependent. He has some of the highest usage rate in the NBA. He have absolutely has to initiate the offense. But Blake Griffin is such a good passer out of the high post and even a low mm-hmm. that it stagnates the offense. Whereas Baron Davis looks to get everyone else involved but also gets his own offense. So if you have Baron Davis putting up shots, that gives opportunity for Blake to get putbacks, to get rebounds, which he's good at. I think the offense as a whole, if, if you take a step back and look at it, was better off with Barry Davis there. That team is just poorly constructed to me. And, you know, fuck Chris Paul. He doesn't get any blame, this nigga. Let me find out that the key to not getting blamed for anything is wearing a fucking diamond pattern sweater vest and I'll <laughs> fill my closet up with these shits so nobody oh, can tell man. me shit yeah I feel you <laughs> I feel you um, let's let's kind of let's you know this is an NBA draft preview show so let's preview this draft real quick before we get well, out of here. Well, welcome. Um, yeah, right. Welcome. We just we just started going in on this shit. Fuck it. Fuck it. We just already set up the show from the beginning, right? We're, we're like an hour in and shit, but but um, right, right. Let's, we're not, obviously we're not gonna break down. I think, you our, I think you can't talk about the, the. I think you like before we get started. Like I just wanted to say, like I don't think that the, the way that this this off season has been so far, I don't think that you can talk about this draft without talking about the shit that we just talked about, because that really shapes the landscape of the NBA as it is right now. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. I completely agree with you. So. But I, I think the draft is gonna kind of go down. Like there's gonna be a couple trades, but I think the picks that. that well, we're not gonna go through. We're, we're not gonna. We're not gonna go through the entire draft. That'd be too fucking tedious, nah. obviously. But we're just. We're just gonna go through the top ten and. 
And if everything plays out the way we know it now, um, I do predict there's going to be another trade before Thursday night, though. I will say that. I think there will be, if not one, multiple trades. But let's just let's just go with what we know right now in the top ten. So I think you agree Philadelphia takes Fultz, or Fultz with the number one pick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Lakers, number two. A lot of talk that maybe not Lonzo, maybe De'Aaron, maybe Josh Jackson, who knows. Do you think at the end of the day, Lakers settle on Lonzo? I think it has to be Lonzo. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like De'Aaron Fox, although I will say I think De'Aaron Fox is getting a lot of love, and I don't love De'Aaron Fox like other people do. Um, I think he's athletic, but he can't, can't shoot. He can't shoot. I don't think he's a great scorer. He's athletic. He's a great defensive player, but I don't know. I don't know if he's ready to help you right now. I think in three years he is, but I don't know right now if he's ready to contribute at that high level. Like to me, I think Lonzo's ready to help right now. So and and I think yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I think Lonzo's upside six six. But people dog his athleticism. Like I think Lonzo's a sneaky athlete. Like I don't think he's a guy that, you know, goes in there and is like, wow, he's got a fourteen inch reach and all this other shit. But he's but he's sneaky athletic and I think that he's got the ability to make guys better, which is which is what which is what you want in a point guard. So I, I think Lonzo's the pick. I I think it's been mostly smokescreen. Like I think the Lakers didn't want to make it obvious, like, yo, it's gonna be Lonzo ball. But I think they yeah. I think at the end of the day, I think the Lakers are gonna be like, look, we just we're gonna make this pick and we're gonna comfortable with it and let's just go with it. So I think the Lakers take ball. Uh your team, the Celtics. Jackson, um De'Aaron Fox, Tatum, no who's the pick? Fox who's the pick? We already have a I get you. I just, I just figured I threw it out there. I figured I threw it out. I figured I'd, I'd scare you before you know the Celtics fucking <laughs> draft have, their 18th fucking point guard and shit. Shoot, his name is Marcus Smart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's who that's who that's who De'Aaron Fox reminds me of. He reminds me of a longer, more athletic Marcus Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a very... He's got that, like, pit bull in him. And he's going to do whatever he's got to do. Like, a lot of people dog Marcus Smart, but he's good at what he does. He's good at what he does. Shoot. Yeah, he just can't shoot. And I think that's what De'Aaron Fox He's is. an important part of... He's an important part of the team. You need a team. You need a team with a guy like that. Um, but at number three, a lot of people are really gassing Josh Jackson. I don't know. I, I'll tell you that. I'll go up. I don't love Josh Jackson. To me, I don't trust Kansas. Don't I don't trust Kansas we, players. We I don't trust Kansas players. See Ben McLemore. I don't trust these guys. I think Josh Jackson is the prototypical Thomas Robinson, another one. I don't love uh, Chalmers, another one. I don't love these Kansas players. I know Wiggins was great. I get that. But the last few years, under Bill Self, I'll say, these Kansas players have not been great. I, I think Josh Jackson's overrated. I personally, I see them all year. And there's nobody that's going to argue with me that Jason Tatum is a better player than Josh Jackson right now. I there's no now I know Josh Jackson's athletic and he's got he meets all and the analytics people that's love him and all that player. other shit. That's I cool. get that, but to me he can't shoot. He can't yep. shoot, and I'd be troubled with his off the court stuff too. So yeah, I was just um, going to say there's a couple red flags with him with that, and most certainly like. And to me, I think Tatum is better for what the Celtics need because the Celtics need a, a ISO scorer. That's what the Celtics need. Yep. 
They need a guy on the wing that can score, that can create his own shot. Like, Jason Tatum, to me, I don't understand why Jason Tatum has not gotten a lot. Like, if this was any other draft any other year, Jason Tatum would be a number one pick. But for some reason, he's been kind of ignored in this draft because people love Jonathan Isaac. I like Jonathan Isaac, too. I think he's got upside. But I think I think right now, I think... I And again, I'm a dookie, so I'm a little biased. I get that, but fuck it. I'm always biased. Fuck it. But um, I think Tatum has the chance right now to walk in the NBA day one and score. I don't know that about Josh Jackson. So, to me, I think if the Celtics, worst, I would, bring, I would take Tatum. On the Celtics, you bring him off the bench with the second unit with like a Terry Rozier type of player, a Marcus Smart type of playmaker, and he gets you buckets. You can rotate him in with the starters. Yeah, and he'll get you buckets. But Josh Jackson, we have, like I said earlier, we have a player named Josh Jackson. His name is Jay Crowder. He's a yeah, big, basically, basically, exactly, exactly, exactly. Also, player that has a unreliable. Exactly, time. exactly. There's I mean, you can make the case. You can make. You can make the case that Jalen Brown is a Josh Jackson. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. And and the thing is, is that there are two people really on this team that when they take a jumper, I'm not worried about if it goes in, and that's Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas. And that's and that and that goes a long way. And you saying that about Avery Bradley? Because remember Avery Bradley just last year, like you 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 basically draw blinds when he threw when he threw up a jump shot. So, yeah. Last so that goes that, go, that goes. No, I'm just saying. I'm, t- I'm not talking about last year, like 20, 2016, 2017. I'm oh, talking yeah, about 2015, yeah, yeah. 2016. Avery Bradley before that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Avery Bradley yep. just could not shoot for his life, but he's gotten better and he's turned himself into a pretty good offensive player. But so just kind of speed through this a little bit. Celtics take yeah, uh, Tatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum. Alright, Suns. What do the Suns do? Um, that's tricky because I think I, I think what you do, I think you take I think you take De'Aaron Fox, you pair him with Devin Booker, and mm-hmm. you let them get after it. I think I agree. because he's not such I think he's not such a great shooter. I think that Devin Booker is such a great shooter that it allows De'Aaron Fox to set up the offense. The defense is going to draw to Devin Booker, and it's going to give him a lot of opportunity to cut to the lane and get his buckets that way. Plus, he improves their defense, so that's, that's always a... Yeah, absolutely. That's always He's a, a stopper, uh, so... Yeah. If nothing else, he'll be a, a defensive a, guy in a perimeter that they need. And they can trade Eric Bledsoe for something else. So, yeah. He's yeah. a better version of Eric Bledsoe. So. Yeah. And they, love, and they love KU players. We know that, so... I think I, I agree with you. Fox. Kings, just one word. Your Kings, one, you know. Go ahead. What do the Kings do? Five. Jackson? I don't even. I think I think uh, it's I think, I think it's Jackson. Jackson. I think I think I think it gives them a I think it gives them a spotlight. Um and it's you know, it's it's the Kings, man. Like honestly, yeah. like I don't I feel you. It, it's tough to say what the hell they're gonna do or what the hell they wanna be. But I think that's kind of a don't miss type of pick there. So um, I think I think they'd be silly to to pass on him at yeah. that point in the draft. If you get a guy like that at five, you take him. I feel you, absolutely. Uh, speed through these real quick. Uh, Timberwolves number seven. Oh, hold on. We do oh, we actually, shit. We skipped. Yeah, we skipped the magic. Damn, that's 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 just tell you everything Bro, about I, the magic. You know what? I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna pick my man from Florida State. Or, Jonathan Isaac is on the board, but yeah. do you, do you take my man from Arizona? 
I think it's a marketing. That's me. I'm going to go with marketing. That's my pick. A lot of people, I think, because he's a stretch player, I think he fits with uh, my man uh, with Vucci Main down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you, if you have a stretch player that can step out and hit that shot, uh, that gives you a little high-low player type of guy that you can pair with them. Um, and then maybe you have, um, you know, see if see if they improve. I think they need some better coaching down there. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think I think that front court is has a nice balance with it. I agree. I completely agree. I completely agree. So we can we can zoom to the next. Yeah, for real. Let's do it. Um, I think yeah, but I agree. I I agree. I, I think they take marketing though. I I do. I think they I think yeah. they take marketing. Um, I don't know why. I just think they'll so take. I, I don't think they'll take Isaac. I think they'll take marketing. And then the Timberwolves. I got the Timberwolves. Well, let I me just run, let me just run do, let me run down my top ten and then I'll just. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you Yeah, yours. I'll let you know if I agree with you. Yeah, so obviously I, I said Magic take marketing. Uh, Timberwolves, I think they take... Man, the Timberwolves are, are in a weird situation, but I think I think they go best player available, and I think they take Isaac. Um, mm-hmm. That's I think, what I have taken him. He I gives think you I, a nice down-low type of threat. Yeah. Um, do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a gritty player, so I think he'll fit in with Wiggins. Um, you know, in Towns, I, I think he gives a nice. Uh, you can play him at the four, really, um, and then you can have like a nice lineup with him and Towns, Wiggins. Um, you just give you a very young core, so I think that'll be a smart pick. And if he falls to seven, I, I think you run to the podium and you grab him. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Knicks at number eight, my other team, my love, my first love. Um, the Knicks—they're uh, in an interesting situation. I'm not even going to break down the Knicks because it's too much of a fucking headache. I will say this: if they—if they even—if anybody on earth fucking picks up their phone and decides to dial Phil Jackson or James Dolan's phone number and ask about Kristaps Porzingis, and they don't immediately hang up the fucking phone, um, I'm, sla- I'm I'm driving up the MSG and I'm slapping the shit out. I'm slapping fire out of each and every one of them niggas. That includes Phil. I love you, Phil, but I'm slapping the shit out of you, too. They call and they leave a voicemail talking about, yo, what's good with Porzingis? You call him back and curse him the fuck out. He's not on if the they table. Text them, if they text them, you got to leave them on read. Um, exactly. Right. Exactly. So, but I think the Knicks, if, okay, I'm going to do it. There's two ways with the Knicks. What I think they should get, what I think they end up getting because it's my team. I think what they will do, I think they'll take Monk. And I don't think they can go wrong with Monk, although my only question mark with Monk is what position is he? He's not a point. He's too small for a shooting guard. He's a combo guard. I see Monk as more of a Lou Williams type that can just score. Yeah. Um, but I think they take Monk. What I want them to take, the Knicks need a point guard. They've needed a point guard forever. I go with Dennis Smith. Dennis I Smith. love Dennis Smith. I think he's the most underrated. Besides Tatum, I think he's the most underrated player in this fucking draft. I don't know why he hasn't gotten the love. To me, Dennis Smith or De'Aaron Fox, I go with Dennis Smith ten times. I swear I do. I, I love Dennis Smith. Yeah, so I'm I, going, yeah, I agree. I think Monk gets the benefit of playing at Kentucky, so he gets that, like, that stimulus package, that Cal stimulus package. Um, but I think Dennis Smith really checks the boxes for what you need in the Knicks. You need somebody to run your team. You need a floor general. And he can get buckets, too. So him and Porzingis are a nice combination to move forward with in the future. Yeah, I completely agree. 
So my 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 preference would be Smith, but I don't think they can go wrong with either player because I like both players. I like Monk, I like Smith. Yeah. So I think you're getting a good player either way. I just preferably for what the Knicks need going into the future. I think they need a guy like Dennis Smith. So that's just me. Um, number nine, the Mavericks. A lot of people have the the French kid who I you and I have never seen. So we're not even going to continue to nope. try to break down his game. Nope. Um, for all we know, he could be fucking. For all we know, he could be Magic Johnson or he could be fucking. Name a bust. <laughs> so, I don't know. Hey, he could be fucking Darko. Yeah. Well, he's a 6'5 point guard, so God only knows who he is, what he is. But um, the Mavericks, oh, man, the Mavericks, I think they're in a situation where they go best player available. Um, I think, they, uh, so I got so I got the Knicks taking Dennis, Dennis Smith. I got the Mavericks taking Malik Monk. I think the Mavericks will take Malik Monk. I think. I think, yeah, I think they'll take Malik Monk and then just go from there. And then at number 10, the Kings. God only knows what the Kings will do. Um, I got the Kings taking, in a surprise, top 10 pick. I got the Kings taking Donovan Mitchell for Louisville. Hmm. Yeah. That's, you know what, though? But he was projected to be just outside of the top 10, so I don't think that that's... Yeah, that's not too really much of a surprise. Stretch. Yeah, that's not too much of a but, stretch. I mean, but. he's... He's a crazy athlete. They need well. He can play. That basically gives them two athletes with crazy wingspans right out on the wings, and you just kind of let them do what they want to do. Yeah, and plus, a lot of people think that he can transition to being a point in the league. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So that's my top ten, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't really think there's a whole lot. You don't disagree I, with anything. Disagree with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. There's outside of the top ten. There's only a couple of guys that I care about to see where they go. Um, I like to see where um, Harry Giles goes. Uh, I know there's a lot. Yeah, of I'm interested in my Dukies. Yeah, I'm interested in my Dukies. I think Luke. I think I think um, Luke Kennard is another guy who's. Uh, I think people just see yeah, a white player from Duke go, and they he think. He could go top ten too. I think Luke Kennard is a very very good player. I think he was going to be a very good player in this league because the thing that nobody talks about Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard has great vision. He can pass i think he's gonna i think he's a better player than i think people are giving him credit for i think he can i think, I think he can he's shoot. a little bit better version of jj reddick uh he has a chance to be he has a chance to be i i, I, I like luke Kennard. luke Kennard, i'm telling you right now i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell you guys right now and i again i'm biased because it's my fucking squad duke that's my boy shout out to the duke fam but i get it I, I'm, I'm biased i get it but I think Luke Kennard is going to be one of those guys that plays 15 years in the NBA, averages 12 points a game, and you can win with him. I, I just, I that's what I think. To yeah. me, Luke Kennard has a chance to be a Dan Marley type. I really believe that. I, I like, I love okay. Luke Kennard. I, I love Luke. Kennard. That's my comp for him. I, I have him going as as a Dan Marley type. I don't think he has the athleticism that Dan Marley had early in his career, but I think that uh, I think that Luke will play. We'll figure out a way to stay in the league for ten years. He's not a Jason Capono, they're just a shooter. I think he'll play in the league. He'll be good. I think again, the JJ Reddick comp is is at, I would I would I would say he's a JJ Reddick Dan Marley comp. I love I, I love I love my dude Luke and then Harry, Harry. I don't know man, who knows with Harry if his knees are healthy. I think Harry Giles can contribute and play well, but I think he could be an Amir Johnson I think type. Big, but my other. Yeah, I think I think that's a good like type of cop, like maybe like a little bit lighter in the feet type version of him. Um, 
but the other person that I'm I'm interested in seeing what happens and like you know I got love for my Tar Heel guys is uh, Justin Jackson. Fuck y'all niggas, man. I don't quite. Where the have fuck are the sanctions at? His game on the pro level. Fuck y'all niggas. Where the sanctions at? Oh my bad. You talking? Keep talking. <laughs> I just I don't know. He he went from not being able to really shoot to having a respectable jumper like all oh, year. Like his jumper he was able to score like YMCA buckets. And that's not always a bad thing because that shows you how skilled he is as a player that he's getting his jumper off, he's getting to the lane. Yeah. Um, so I think in the right type of situation, a lot of mocks have him going like just outside of the top 10 to like uh, Denver or something like that yeah. uh, where I think he would be a good fit I'd like to see if he can if he lasts I'd like to see him go to the Trailblazers where I think he'd be a good fit Dan Lillard's going to take a lot of pressure off of him so if he's coming off the bench or if he's playing with the first unit he can just kind of play within himself and get his offense going yeah I completely agree I, I, I'm not a, I'm not as high on John and again this has nothing to do with um, I hate North Carolina because I can, I can respect when it when respect is due. Um, but I, you know, to me, uh, Justin Jackson is a nice player. I, I think he he's an Andre, he's a he's a Wayne Ellington type. I can see him sticking around in the league for a couple years, a few years. But I don't see him being a guy that is going to have a great career in the NBA. Not that's just my personal opinion. Um, He'll be a, I think he'll be a solid like role player type of guy. I don't think that he's gonna be a star. I don't think he's the type of athlete to do that. Um, he can shoot. He I'll give him that. And, and, and I don't. I don't think he's a greatest shooter as other people make him out to be. Because I think his J has a tendency to come and go. Like times yeah, he's on, yeah. he's really on, and then other times he's really off. So he's a little bit inconsistent he, with the, his shooting. The thing, the thing about him that that I will say is that when there's a big game. He always rises to the occasion. Um, he's one of those guys that that it's weird. Like he plays better in a big game than he does in like a regular old game. Yeah. Like it's really weird. Um, but I think like given the right team, um, I think he can be like a reliable like you know guy you trot out there and he's gonna get you like you know. 13, 15 points a game, something like that. You know, like a solid contributor, like fucking. Man, I don't fucking know. Like, uh, I can't even think of anybody who's not a star, but like, they're a solid. Like, they're not sniffing no all star games, but they'll get you some buckets when you need them. Um, he'll be like. Dog, you struggling too much Jack to give me a. a Jared Jack? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just, I've never had a big. I've never had a big opinion on Justin Jackson. He's nice. He's all right, but I've never really had a big opinion on him. I think I think he's if there's ever a player like, and I'm not trying to like gas him up because, you know, uh, you know I'm a Tar Heels fan or whatever. But I think it just it really depends on what team he goes to. That's that's gonna be the type of coaching that he's able to get and the type of system that he's gonna play in. That's gonna predicate what type of player that he's gonna be. I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, for real, absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. So, um, but we'll see. The draft yeah, we'll is going to be crazy. The draft is going to be crazy. So I'm just going to just rapid fire. Um, any big trades tomorrow or two nights from now? Um, I'd like to see the Celtics get in on it, but if not, no biggie. So you don't see, you um, don't see, we'll you don't see, see a, you don't see a Jimmy Butler trade. Do you see a Paul George trade? Maybe. Do you see any major I trades? Don't see, nah, I don't. 
I see a crazy trade, but not one that we're expecting. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I see I see a major trade and then I see a couple of smaller trades. Don't ask me what the major trade is. It could be Paul George. Yeah. It could be Jimmy Butler. Hell, it could even be DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis. I think we'll, 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 we will see something. I, that's my prediction. We will see something. Low-key, watch out for Chris Paul because uh, the news came out today that uh, Paul Gasol is not going to re-sign his player option. Mm-hmm. And he's going to work on a deal for less money, so free up some money. So maybe, I know it's not in Pop's wheelhouse to make those type of moves, but uh, there were some rumors floating around that, um, that uh, you know, they were looking at somehow acquiring Chris Paul. So maybe hmm. maybe click your eyes at that a couple times. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. I, I think it's going to be – I think this – I'm actually looking forward to this draft, man. I think this is the most exciting draft we've had in a long while, man. For real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Definitely. So, yeah, man, today we just uh, – I know we should have set the show up properly, but we just got into the fucking flow of things and talking. Uh, what what kind of host am I that I just brought the shit in here? You know what I mean? But it's all good. Uh, this is our just our main just NBA draft preview show. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna be back on Sunday with our main show. Uh, our bad that we didn't come at y'all with an episode on Sunday. Our usual news uh, news slot. Um, you know Father's Day. Oh, that's another thing too. Happy Father's hey, Day hey, to all the fathers out there, father. man. Uh, I thought you was about to take my joke. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna take your joke. Why would I do such a thing, man? Why would I do such a thing, man? What kind of what kind of nigga am I, man? Cause I'm what? I said, cause you already did it, dog. Man, I didn't say. First of all, it's it's debatable whether it's your joke or not. But whatever, nigga. Um, and whatever. Shout out to all the pops out there. Yo, happy Father's Day, dog. Happy Father's Day. Happy late. Happy Father's Day. Day to everybody, man. And thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And uh, you guys may be wondering when you listen to this, where's Luke at? Luke is out saving the world. Uh, he couldn't join us on Sunday, obviously Father's Day. Yesterday was his daughter's birthday. Shout out to her. She turned two years old. Uh, so he was playing the daddy role. Now he's at work, so he couldn't join us. But he will be back definitely with us on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, man. Happy Father's Day to Luke. Uh, happy birthday to his beautiful daughter. And uh, shout out to him, man. So, Luke, what up? See you on Sunday. And uh, just to welcome. And then I'm, I'm going to take this chance to welcome my boy Justin, man. He's going to be a regular contributor on the show going forward. He's got his Rockefeller chain today. He got his Rockefeller chain today. Here you go. He got his Rockefeller chain today. This is like... This is like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like KD right now. Like, I'm coming to y'all team and I'm helping y'all get over the top. Uh, okay. Eh, eh, eh. That that that's 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 an interesting comp. That's an interesting comp. That's an interesting comparison. You know, like, just give I'll give y'all a little bit more firepower. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you, dog. I feel you. I feel you, man. I feel you. But yeah, man. Uh, Justin's gonna be joining us, man. Contributing to the show as always, man. Always trying to get better. Always trying to be bigger with the show. Um, before we go, man. If you got any social media you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Um, if y'all want to chop it up with me on Twitter, um, my. Twitter is Jitsu J U T T J I T S U. Um, follow me, interact with me if you like. Um, 
I be having time. So y'all got a point. Y'all want to debate with me? Yo, y'all hit me with them receipts and we can go. Cause like I said, I be having time. But um, it's all family, it's all love. So you know what I'm saying? If y'all got something y'all want to bring up, y'all got something you want to bring up on the show, um, let us know and we'll fucking argue about it. And as always, you guys can always follow the show. Uh, we're on Facebook, The Technical File Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at DTF Podcast One. Follow me on Twitter at The Manuel Brown. Uh, and yeah, man, thank you. I always say this every every week at the end of every show. I always say this, but I, I and I'm always gonna keep saying this because I'm extremely humbled with all the listeners with. The feedback that we get constantly, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for subscribing, for supporting, uh, everything, man. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this show without y'all. If you, if nobody listened to us, we wouldn't be able to do the show. So um, we just be talking to ourselves. Yeah, we just be talking to ourselves, which which is not uncommon, but. We've been um, doing that for 10 years. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> for real. Nah, man, but I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. Continue to do all those things. Continue to download. Continue to subscribe. Continue to listen. Continue to share, like, all that, man. We truly appreciate it, man. Like I said, uh, this show is available. Um, I'm going to get this show edited and posted online, and it's always available for, for download on iTunes, SoundCloud, we're everywhere. Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Play, we're everywhere, man. Everywhere where there's podcasts, we're there. So, you know, check us out, man. Always, always, man. I truly appreciate the support and the love we get every day, man. So, you know, and if you're not listening... Listen, man. If you're not listening, if you got a friend that's not listening, tell him to listen, man. Our shit is hard. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to brag, but I think we we offer a great thing, man. So you know, let it. Let, you know, get our word. Get don't our make, name. Don't make me show up at your crib with my dog. That is shout the out to Sully. The world, shout out to Sully. Don't make me show up and 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 make you uh, make you listen to this show. Word. Do that shit. Word. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man uh, it's our NBA draft preview for you guys we'll get up out of here uh, hopefully everybody enjoys the draft coming up on Thursday nights hopefully we have a good evening got a great crazy trades and then uh, we'll definitely be back on Sunday with our regular episodes uh, we will be getting into this fucking Mayweather McGregor shit trust I got a lot to say about oh that oh my god I, um, I got a lot that, we gonna need a whole half a day for that shit yeah exactly I know That's Luke, story I know Luke is yeah. gonna have a lot to say about that shit too um, uh, we're gonna review uh, most recent 30 for 30 uh, Lakers Celtics uh, best of enemies Wonderful, wonderful documentary on the Lakers-Celtics rivalry over the years. So we're going to definitely get into that. We're going to get into that disaster that is Louisville. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of things on our next episode. So, yeah, so check us out, man. I forgot about that shit. Yeah, yeah. It's been a hectic week, you know, with the holiday and all that. And uh, but, but we'll be back at y'all on Sunday with a, with a brand new episode. Uh, but hope y'all enjoyed the show. We'll holler at y'all later. As always, go follow my man Justin on Twitter. And always subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well. To the show, The Technical File Podcast on Facebook. The TF Podcast 1. As always, man, we appreciate. Thank y'all. Love y'all. We out. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.